join us, Sarah and Georgia, as we help you get to grips with money and take control of your finances in a fun and simple way. We talk all things money from investments, pensions and benefits to your mindset around money and steps we can take to improve your relationship with money. Together, we've got this. Hi, welcome to the Money Confidence Podcast, episode 15. On this episode, <laughs> we have a special guest, don't we, Georgia? Yeah, a very special guest. <laughs> a very special guest. Do you want to introduce your guest, Georgia? So our guest today is George. He is just a normal person, really. Nothing to do with financial services. And he's got some questions for us, Sarah. Okay, how do you know George? Oh, he's my roommate. <laughs> No, okay. we're in a relationship. George <laughs> I don't and George. Know why I feel so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so George doesn't work in financial services. What do you do, George? Just because when I asked Georgia last time, she had to look it up on LinkedIn. <laughs> I had to look on your LinkedIn profile to find what your job title was. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um pretty convoluted thing that I do. I basically work for a company that provides software to stop you from overpaying your suppliers, basically. And my job in the services side of the business is to use our software to help clients get money back, essentially. <laughs> that is what you said, Georgia, isn't it? In a roundabout so, way. Yeah. yeah. You sound slightly like you're at a job interview. <laughs> I feel like it. <laughs> I am um, your roommate, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, so he's basically going to ask us some questions today uh, that he has thought of. Before you're going to ask questions, would you say you know a lot about finances and investments? I haven't got a clue. So, Georgia, I'm not trying to start arguments, by the way. Georgia, (laughs) Georgia, would you say you look after most of the finances? Yeah, I would say I do. Yeah, it's probably a good thing I'm on here, to be fair, because I am rubbish with money. Well, why do you think you rubbish your money? I think the sensible answer would be because I like spending it. Okay. I think the the non-sensible um, version would be I don't have enough of it. What do you mean George, you don't have enough of it? George thinks he can never have enough money. Because you'll just spend what you have. Yeah. Okay. That just means I have to work hard to get the money. That's all. Do you save any of it? Not really. <laughs> Not really, no. no. Does Georgia make you save any? Um, I think when we were saving for our house, we had this yeah. kind of a strict regime, didn't we? we <laughs> I encourage, I encourage. Yeah. Like, but we've got big plans for next year, haven't we? So yeah, next, next year, year is going to be a saving year because we realise that we're never going to really be able to buy a house in Reading if, uh, <laughs> if we don't start saving now or another house, should I say. We're going to start saving next year. We're going to have a year where we can, like, live. Yeah, we we I think, obviously, because <clears throat> we've kind of lost the last two years in terms like of going on holiday else. and stuff, like everybody else. We just kind of wanted to... Well, I was thinking know. more like we're spending money to do the house up this well, year. Well, no, because <laughs> we're, going, we're going on three holidays this year. Three. Yeah, we've been to Dublin. Oh yeah, Dublin and Malta. And Malta, and then I'm taking you away in September. Apparently, George has got me a Ooh. holiday for my birthday. Are you allowed to say where it is? No, I'm not. I'm afraid. No. Oh, he only wow. told me because I had to book the time off work. 
and you're so, like tell me why I'm booking it yeah tell me now <laughs> well I was like I've got I've just booked a week off work like what else is it gonna be <laughs> oh that's exciting yeah no it is exciting soon we'll find out soon, soon we'll find out so yeah next year we're having like a psycho saving yeah wow psycho saving yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. By psycho saving, I mean like we're literally gonna like do nothing. Yeah. Live literally. off bread and water. Yeah. <laughs> Not even that. Just a bag of dry rice. <laughs> well, that sounds like a really exciting year. Yeah, it's look, thrilling. Yeah, look forward yeah, to. Can't, can't, Enjoy can't your can't holiday. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Most the of last it. one. The most of it. <laughs> last holiday ever. Yeah. So your plans are to rent your house that you're living in now and buy another one ideally ideally but whether we can do that or not you can do whatever you put your mind to georgia that is true sarah (laughs) sarah is top motivational speaker yeah maybe you should money coach us together sarah I will, but I probably you probably won't want it on the podcast, Georgia. Yeah, no. it'll be more I, like uh, relationship counselling more than anything. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I started coaching Georgia last week, and it got a bit deep, didn't it? And you're like, I well, we were like, let's do like a mini, mini like coaching thing, so that people can see what money coaching was like. Yeah, and then literally about two questions in, it got a bit deep, <laughs> didn't it, for the podcast? And I was like, uh, I'm not sure about this. Did you start crying? It was when I started asking you how you fell, um, yeah. and then you're like, this is too much, too much, sir. As I was tearing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So, so yeah, George, George basically doesn't know much about finance. He's here. Who does? Not many people do. Yeah, we're not taught it at school, and not many people know about finances. So, exactly. George is going to ask us some questions. Well, we need to do our question of the week first. Though, oh yes, because the listeners will have bated breath. Yes, I always nearly forget about that. Okay, so the question of the week was: What is, does capacity for loss mean? What does capacity for loss mean? Drum roll, please. Okay, capacity for loss is your ability to withstand falls in your portfolio. Yeah, the ability to absorb falls in value and the impact this will have on your standard of living. Yeah. Okay, now we can get on to the good bit. The good bit. The good top question. Our first guest, George, do you feel privileged? Oh, most definitely. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm I, glad. I, I hope to uh, piggyback off your success. It nearly didn't happen. <laughs> I had to rearrange last week. Maybe but... I'll start my own podcast. Oh. Um, confe- <laughs> com- com- a competitor. <laughs> yeah. Confessions of a spenderholic, perhaps. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we can come on and try and coach you. Yeah. Oh, maybe. I'm surprised the kids aren't in today. No, Luke's got them. Oh, has he? Yeah. Normally, it's, what, what was that song they were singing to me last time? Oh, week? Macaroni and Cheese. Oh, yeah, they were singing me some like weird Macaroni and Cheese song. <laughs> macaroni, Macaroni and Cheese. No, Jolly, like, that's not how it went. It was like it was, Macaroni, oh, Macaroni yeah. and Cheese. <laughs> macaroni, Macaroni and Cheese. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Basically, they messed on with my Amazon Music account. I was at the gym and that song came on. I was like, hey, wait, <laughs> wait on a minute. That's not one of my tunes on my playlist. She did so did. I did like, I, I couldn't help but listen to it all. It was uh, it actually motivated me on the cross trainer, yeah. I've tried to pre-warn George. It's, <laughs> it's not perf- perfectionism, it's... What was our little saying last week? <laughs> Progress over perfection. Yeah. 
that's that's our motto the podcast motto. that's okay that's okay. okay good good i think he feels a bit embarrassed could you see him in the background <laughs> what do you mean can i see him? <laughs> yeah i think he's a bit embarrassed no oh, be embarrassed george it'll be okay this is like my my 15 minutes of fame this and okay. no serious swearing okay i try i have to bleep you out yeah she'll have to bleep you out right <laughs> this um, is a family friendly show right my, my first question i think is why should i get financial advice why well, should that's get a good question advice? isn't it Sarah? that's a very good question do you want me to answer that one Georgia? yeah <laughs> um okay there's lots of reasons why you should get financial advice george um and it's not necessarily for rich people reasons to get financial advice is just to get a plan in place of you know what you want to do your financial objectives and how you can achieve them financial advice covers lots of different things like mortgages protection so ways to protect your family <laughs> George, you look really bored right so <laughs> how can i make it more interesting you're really grabbing the bike <laughs> Let's be having you. Let's be having you, George. <laughs> Pay attention. I feel like I need to do a week, dance or Sarah something. Like, Sarah, like, can I get some sunglasses so you can't see where I'm looking? You can't see that you're closing your eyes. Yeah. Having, yeah. Having, having a smooth while I'm answering your question. Uh, Basically, I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh <laughs> everyone can benefit from financial advice um, it can help you protect and build your assets and help you making the most of your investments and securing the long-term future of you and your family or in your case you and your two cats yeah so it's basically just for anyone to access to set up a financial plan for their future circumstances and their needs and objectives isn't it yeah you might have a goal to for example you save for a house Mm -hmm. or save for retirement or fund your kids school fees and then the advisor can help you with that do you have a protection in place george (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm not gonna try and sell you anything do you Only have life cover oh you have work. it yeah, yeah but things like that like about like protecting your assets and if anything happened to you like for example if you've got a critical illness mm-hmm. or protection to protect your income and things like that okay wicked thank you it's okay my pleasure uh, i think my off-the-cuff question um, oh god oh it's come it's come early on oh it? yeah i know I'm, I'm keeping you on your toes i think you said that financial advice wasn't necessarily for people who make a lot of money oh you listen um, um at what stage does it become viable necessarily if i can ask that what do you mean by viable no i you know, know what you mean yeah like how much money would you have to have behind you to make it worth it does that make sense yeah because some advisors have like a minimum a lot of them will have a minimum charge that they set and also some of them have like a minimum for example they'll be like we only take clients that have a minimum of a hundred and hundred thousand for example to invest but it depends on what you want if you're looking for a mortgage they can help you with that or if you're looking for like life cover income protection critical illness cover things like that they can help you with that but it depends on sort of what you're actually looking for and the advisor as well. So I would check what minimums they have. And another one off the cuff, actually. Um, oh, well, here well, they come. Well, He's well, interested yeah. now. Well, uh, I like well, this, though. On it. Um, He's on it. Can 
you get financial advice not just on kind of money as in cash that you've got in savings accounts and stuff like that but also held within property and things like that yeah so advisors will advise on different things um a lot of advisors advise on everything so they're like mm-hmm. holistic so they will give you advice on yeah property and tax mm-hmm. and whatever financial question you have yeah okay most will i mean it depends you'll have to have a look like because some advisors won't advise on mortgages but Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they normally take into account your whole situation okay um now i know that financial advisors need qualifications what or how many qualifications do you need they need at least a level four diploma um in financial services don't need to be regulated and then you can also become chartered which is a level six it's a level six isn't it qualification yeah which then just means you're more qualified than a level four if you're chartered you need five years at least five years experience in the financial services industry Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's definitely something to look at what qualifications the advisor has how long did it take you guys to get all your qualifications I'm embarrassed about mine. Don't be embarrassed, Georgia. Everyone get what goes at their own pace. And also, experience, I think, is worth more than yeah. exams oh, massive, at the end of the day. Imagine, yeah. yeah. It took me four years to take six exams. Well, That's no, I, took, I did some other qualifications in between that, to be fair, but it took me four years. I did my, I think it took me, it was so long ago. Like, I did mine in like 2011, like level four. And then I just did my chartered exams sort of as and when. Yeah. Like after I had my boys. Just mm-hmm. I think you just have to go just go at your own pace. But I do think experience is invaluable. Oh, definitely. definitely. Yeah, I'd say that with most things, to be fair. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, fantastic. So um what are the pros and cons of uh, of ISAs? Just out of interest. That's a good question. George. And cons of we actually did a whole Very podcast good. on ISAs, didn't we? Yes, we did. So, George, you just need to listen back to our ISA podcast, basically, and that will yeah. give you your answer. But okay, so no. I'll, so some pros of ISAs: you can put twenty thousand a year into an ISA, cross like whatever sort of ISA, so stocks and shares or cash ISA. And they grow tax-free, basically. So that means that when you withdraw the money from your ISA, you won't pay any tax on the amount you withdraw, which is always ideal, isn't it? Yes, always a good thing. Um, so, there's, yeah, there's absolutely no tax to pay whatsoever. Mm. So you can pay 20000 At the moment, it's 20000 a year per tax year you can put into an ISA. I suppose another advantage is that you can get stocks and shares and cash ISAs. Like you can get, there's lots of different types of ISA. Um, and dependent on what your circumstances in, one of them will kind of suit your circumstance. Mm, I mean, stocks and shares, I used to we tend to say invest for at least five years. Yeah. Because the markets go up and down. Um, but seek financial advice about that. But yes. there's also lifetime ISAs, aren't there, Georgia? Which can be good. Yeah, in certain circumstances. Um, you can use them, like, for example, now, because we've already bought a house, we won't be able to use them for a house yeah. purchase. But you can use them um, for your retirement savings as well as a pension. So that's always good to know. Interesting. What are some of the negatives? I suppose the negatives are that you can only put £20,000 in a year. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you had £100,000 to invest, you can't invest it all in an ISA, can you? That is true. 
Um, I was distracted by the microphone incident. I do apologise. Completely forgotten my question. Not very professional. Oh no. <laughs> well, I think I'm the one that's not professional. <laughs> I basically made Josh lose his train of thought by <laughs> knocking over my microphone, which is great. So we were on ISIS, weren't we? And the positives yeah. and negatives of ISIS. Yeah. So. We're just saying some of the positives are you can put 20,000 in a tax year. Um, you can use cash ISIS, stocks to shares ISIS. You can also, if you wanted, you could transfer, for example, a cash ISA to a stocks and shares ISA. Can't yeah, without affecting your um, ISA allowance for that tax year. Yeah. Um, um, and also you can get flexible ISAs. So, for example, if you put 20,000 in an ISA, cash ISA, and you needed to take, say, 5,000 out, you could put that 5,000 back in within the tax year if it's yeah. a flexible ISA. Yeah, and obviously they're tax efficient. And then the negatives were things like um, you can only put in £20,000 a year, which is not a massive amount of money if you have a lot to invest. Mm-hmm. You can't carry over the ISA allowance. So no. if you haven't used it one year, that's it. That's it. You've got to, it's, it resets <laughs> the following year. Yeah. George had a little follow-up question, didn't you, actually? I've forgotten it. You said, what are, what are the alternatives to ISIS? Oh, well, yeah, I do. That's what you literally just asked. Yeah, me. but that wasn't my one earlier, oh. if that makes sense, oh. when we had the mic incident. Oh, okay, no arguing, please. <laughs> <laughs> are there any other alternatives to ISIS? There are alternatives. There's alternative tax wrappers, isn't there? But yeah. they all have different... Like they all have different limits and purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, although a pension could be an alternative place to invest money, it's not something that you can access as easily or readily as mm-hmm. an ISA. It's a difficult question, don't you think? It's a difficult question. But I mean, for example, for cash, there's cash ISAs, but then there's also things like premium bonds. They're tax free. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a tough question, George. But yeah, I mean, there's different there's different vehicles, but each one it very much depends on your objectives and what you want to achieve. Okay, thank you. So, how much do I need to save into my pension? The big question on everyone's lips. The big question: How much do you need to save into your pension? It very much depends on your individual circumstances. Yeah, I think like the how first much. Yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. The first Hang thing on. you have to make sure with pension contributions is that they're affordable. There is no point contributing a ridiculous amount into your pension if you then can't pay your mortgage. Yeah, make sure your pension contribution is affordable to you. Yeah. But in terms of how much do you need to live comfortably in retirement, it very much depends on your circumstances. Like you might not spend much in retirement, someone else might spend double what you spend. So it's good to do cash flow modelling. A lot of advisors will do cash flow modelling and they can show you sort of how much you need to contribute into your pension to achieve, for example, 20,000 a year in retirement in taking into account inflation. Yeah. So you have to think as well, normally in the early years of your retirement, you'll spend a lot more money than later in retirement. Just, you know, you begin to slow down. So you're not going on as many holidays, whereas in the beginning of retirement, maybe you're going on a holiday, spending a lot of time with your family. Why are you smiling? <laughs> Why are you smiling? No, 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 sorry. No, you, yeah, it's, it's true. But I'm just also thinking about um, care home fees, Georgia. Yeah. They're a bit of a killer, aren't they? When you're in your 60s, right, and 70s, 
like maybe you're going on nice holidays right and then you get to like 75 and you think oh actually I can't do this adventure holiday that I've always done every year I need to slow down (laughs) why are you both laughing I can't go paragliding anymore (laughs) I don't know it's just funny how you're saying it carry on and then you can't do those things anymore so then you know for the next 10 years till you're 85 your expenditure might reduce by half and then all of a sudden you need to go into a care home so then it goes massively up again okay fantastic um so moving on from that what is salary sacrifice and what is automatic oh i imagine it's the same thing isn't it automatic enrollment george did you want to take this one yeah i'll try my best sarah so Automatic enrolment and salary sacrifice are not the same thing. So automatic enrolment is basically when your employer automatically enrolls you into a pension scheme. So it's normally after your probation period, isn't it? Uh, They'll automatically enroll you into a pension scheme. And unless you opt out of that pension scheme, you will be contributing. So those contributions are normally... They're a minimum of 8%, and that's normally made up of 5% employee, so your contribution, and um, 3% employer contributions, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So salary sacrifice, basically, the payment is made before the salary even reaches your bank account. And it's quite a good way to do it because you'll also save on national insurance contributions. Um, employee and employer national insurance contributions you'll save. And it's important to check with your employer, actually, because some of them gift their national insurance savings into your pension, don't they? Yeah, some employers will put the savings that they make in national insurance into your pension. So it's worth asking. Not all of them are, but it's worth asking. No, but it's worth asking. And that um, will bump up your pension, won't it? Exactly. Do you have anything to add, Sarah? Salary sacrifice is just the way your pension contribution is mm. taken. Most workplace pensions, I think, use salary sacrifice because yeah. they can save on national insurance contributions. So your gross pay, before you pay tax, then your pension contribution will be taken out and paid into your pension. Okay. That's what it is. Fantastic. I've got a question for you, George. Yes. So I'm guessing, so you'll have automatic enrollment, right, with your employers. Yes, so you'll I be do, in a workplace yeah. pension. Yes. Do you know how much you're contributing into it? I think it's the minimum. So it must be the yeah. 8%. Oh, okay. So that's, yeah, 5% employee, yeah. 3% employer, including a tax relief. My children have entered the room. <laughs> I never My know where they are because they part. like, they're crawling in. They're crawling into the room. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, when we do the podcast, I've got two children that just keep coming in the room. And George has got cats. Oh, it's only one cat too that seems to come in all the time. Yeah, yeah. Rex is the one that comes in all the time. Uh, yeah, it's quite a topical on. one. It's quite a topical one. I think obviously everybody knows that prices and inflation of, of everyday goods as well as other things are, are going up. Yeah. Um, so what does inflation mean for someone like me or, or in, in our, anybody's position really? Okay. That's a really good question, actually. Very topical. You know, the UK inflation rate at the moment is 9.1%. That's That's, high. It's like, it's gone up so quickly. It was 9% last month. And then it was 2.1% last year. So it's gone up a lot. 
Um, so like inflation refers to the way that prices for goods and services increase over time. Um, so an easy way to measure it is to compare the cost of things today with how much they cost in the past. For example, I remember when a chomp was 10p. Oh my God, yeah, and Freddo's. Yeah, Freddo. and guess how much they are now? Oh, I can't even imagine. 25, don't you think? 50p, that's right. 25p. What, for a Freddo? Well, for a chomp, I'm guessing feathers are probably the same. Probably about the same. Yeah. Like tiny, like you can I mean, put it all in your mouth at were, once. Were, were Freddo's, um, were they 2p at one point? I feel like they were 5p. They were 5p, 5p I'm sure yeah. they were. What about, and, have you ever been like taking your kids to a, like, a penny sweet shop? Do they still exist? No, no it's like pick and mix that you get in like, not Woolworths, Wilkinson's. But the penny sweets uh, don't yeah. exist. Do they not exist? Because I remember. Wilco, Wilco, that's the one, isn't it? Yeah, okay. okay. I remember I used to go into a shop with like a pound. Is it wait on a minute? Is it not called Wilkinson's? No, it's no, called Wilco. Are you talking really? about the one with the red label? Yeah. yeah that you get like loads of random stuff from. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I call it Wilkinson's. It probably was Wilkinson's at some point. But yeah, you can get a pick and mix, but they're expensive. I don't think they you can are. get one piece sweets they anymore. Are. Yeah, the best if you're gonna It is called Wilkinson's, but also called Wilco. So, yeah, I they're, reckon they're... the trendy people call it like Wilco, and then like <laughs> it's a hipster. It's a hipster way. Oh, it might be yeah. a north south thing, you know. <laughs> George, you always blame everything on the north south divide. Like Wait, anything I say, Wilkinson rebranded to Wilco, so it rebranded in 2012. Oh, so it is Wilco. Yeah. yeah, there is a north and south divide though. But like, I would say Bath. Yeah, I say Bath. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the accents, though, isn't it? Bus. <laughs> or, get on, or get on the bus. Get on the number one bus. <laughs> sorry, that just reminded me of what we were talking about. Right, there's this thing, right, called Uff Plus. But Sarah goes, she's like, Uff Plus. Uff Plus. Georgia was like, that. I, I thought I was saying it wrong, but it was just my accent. Because I can't, yeah. Uff Plus. Uff Plus. Uff Plus. Earth plus. It's like it's like speaking French now. Like oof is an egg. Plus. <laughs> is, that, is that what eggs mean? Yeah, oof. Yeah. Oof. It's like an egg pension lump sum. Did you ever watch Spiky Grove? No. no. Uh, you know Ant and Deck? Yeah. They were like they PJ were and Duncan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't, didn't one of them go blind? PJ, I can't see. <laughs> 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 back to the podcast yeah back, back to the question Sorry. which was so, what, what does inflation mean for me oh yeah so an easy way to measure inflation is to compare the cost of things today with how much they cost in the past for example chomps <laughs> and curly whirlies which are now uh, really shocking 40p yeah basically any any sweets i mean most sweet stuff has gone up in price anyway because of that sugar tax they bought on as well, hasn't it? You'll notice it with higher food and fuel bills, especially yeah. um, fuel at the moment. It's crazy. You're telling me. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? We've think- filled our car up the other day. How much was it? 90 quid. Yeah, 90 quid. Yeah. It used to cost like 45 or something, didn't it? Yeah, 45, 50. A loaf of bread cost one pound a year ago, right? With inflation at 9.1%, it would now cost one pound and nine p. Over a year, it doesn't really seem that much. Yeah. But over like many years, it really adds up. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Of course, yeah. And um, like the more more things you buy, like 
obviously when you go into a food shop you don't just buy a loaf of bread so the more stuff you buy obviously the more it impacts things because i saw well, one um, of the worst things for it at the moment is like butter what yeah, the the amount that the price of butter you know lurpak i love lurpak i yeah, always get lurpak apparently at the moment it's about six seven pounds I like it so much that I would actually pay that. I just want to say I'm not. This is not an endorsement for Lurpak. No, there's no, other brands out there. Wouldn't mind. Yeah, yeah. not a sponsor. <laughs> there's other, uh, there's Lurpak, other if you are there. listening, please send me and Sarah some Lurpak because oh, we can't yeah. afford it. Lurpak, yeah, definitely Lurpak. Please send us some packages. I love Lurpak. If your salary hasn't kept up with inflation, which a lot of them hasn't, haven't, um, then you might find your household finances are squeezed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. a less obvious effect of inflation it's erodes the value of your savings so if you've got cash like cash savings they're not going to grow like in real terms no yeah so the fact the value of 10 pound now is going to be very different from the value yeah. of 10 pound next year and i imagine it's even yeah. worse with interest rates being so low mm. yeah that's right one way to um help grow your savings is to invest in stocks and shares but you need professional advice and also that would be sort of investing for at least five years historical data shows that on average stocks investing in stocks and shares should keep pace with inflation yeah over the longer uh, term um, no part no past uh performance is a guide to the future that is true and uh performance (laughs) goes up and down yeah just important to remember those yes Okay. It means you should invest for the long term, at least five years. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And also spread your money over different asset classes, sectors and regions. Our diversification is key. Mm. All about diversification. Because I imagine if you invest in one market and something goes wrong in that market, then it will affect most of the people that you'll be investing in. Well, George, it's funny you should mention that because during COVID and Brexit, a lot of the property funds got suspended. They got gated, didn't they, Georgia? So you can yeah, get. Your, they, did. they were having issues selling. Basically, what was happening is so many people were selling their their I property remember. fund investments that basically the fund managers were going to have to start selling too many of the properties um, to release some money, and they just couldn't do it. So they suspended trading, so you couldn't invest into them, and you couldn't um, kind of withdraw your Take money. Your money out. I remember that. I do remember that. Um, right. Um, last one, and I, I imagine Sarah, you'll really like this one. How do I budget effectively and efficiently? I do like that question. We actually did do a whole podcast on this, didn't we? And we had five steps, didn't we, Sarah, of how to budget efficiently? We did, we did. So mm. I would say the, first, the how to budget effectively is you start off with working out how much you've got coming into your bank account every single month. So I, what I would do is for like two or three months, the last two or three months, I would go through your bank statement and see what you spend your money on. So whether that's essential expenditure, say things like your mortgage, your household bills, your phone bill, and break it down like that. So you can split it into essential and discretionary expenditure which I think is a good good place to start when budgeting. Like I know how I would do it, but it wouldn't necessarily work for everyone else. I don't like spending money. You're very opposite, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently you attract the opposite of 
what your it, it didn't used to be this way didn't it yeah. what George used to spend like... oh yes oh yes when yes I yes thanks sorry George sorry I'm <laughs> It's a good uh, job you're our first guest. I must learn not to insult guests. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> a tiny was, guest. That was my... <laughs> first and last guest. That was meant in a nice way. About well, being you. in the church. Of but that's thank what he you. said. Yes. Um, oh, yes. Not sponsored. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't sponsor the Churchill dog either. All her pack. All her pack. Fan, All the donkey sanctuary. Right. Donkey sanctuary. But they are our favourite charity. Every, <laughs> I mean, how would you say is a good way to budget, Sarah? I would say the first thing is to seriously look at your finances and where you're spending money. Work out what's essential, what's discretionary. And then how I would personally do it is each month I would write a list of things that I would like to do that month and then kind of split out my finances that way. Mm. A good way to budget is to pay before you do anything. So as soon as you get paid, say, put like £50 or £100 away straight away into like a savings account. I suppose once once you look at your discretionary and um, essential expenditure, you could work out then if you can afford to save any money each month mm. um, based on, you know, your typical expenditure and kind of what you so, could come, cut back on. George, a good thing to do would be to like, so you two are going to start like cycle saving as you called it right so what are you going to do then like because this you'd be budgeting then right see i'll i will be putting as much as possible into my savings account so will you when it comes in you'll be putting it straight into your savings straight into your savings okay and then would you be looking through your expenditure and cutting out anything unnecessary yeah so i think that's a good i think it's important you know like people say when you like diet you know when you go on like a food diet Mm -hmm. like not that I'm endorsing diets because Mm -hmm. I'm not but what I'm saying is you know when people like cut everything out they don't do anything and then you just have this massive urge to spend like it's important not to do that you know you need to allow yourself pocket money a little bit of pocket money no yeah definitely Uh, it's like we were talking about Georgia having pots for different purposes yeah definitely yeah so don't yeah don't overstretch yourself in terms of money not exercise probably don't do it with exercise either you won't get an injury yeah that's good advice perfect so Julio. how have you found the experience george george oh then he had another one there <laughs> then he had another one um, uh, yeah, it's been good it's been good i've i've surprisingly enjoyed it oh have you yeah. surprisingly <laughs> give me a break <laughs> oh, i'm glad you've enjoyed it i'm glad you've enjoyed it we can get you back on on our season two. Oh, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so George is going to say our question of the week, which is... Uh, how much can you put in a pension each year? That's a really good, good question. That is a good question. That is a very good question. And you'll Thank find you. out... <laughs> Next week, if we remember. Next week, if we remember. We will remember, George. We will remember. remember. Okay, so thanks. I just say thank you for remembering to record, Sarah, because that is really appreciated. I just had to double check up there, but yes, I'm recording. Um, so yeah, that's been really good episode. Thanks, George, for being our first guest. My pleasure. Quite something, and it was. 
<laughs> I hope my um, amazing personality shone through. It did. It did. It did. It shone brightly, George. <laughs> George, you should join our team. So together, all three of us. Are you going to recruit up. George? <laughs> yeah. I'll come up cleaner. with it. We've cleaner. come up. <laughs> you need a cleaner. <laughs> She she really wants a cleaner. Genuinely need a cleaner. So we've all come up with a really good idea for the next episode. George, yeah, you want to say what it is? Go on, George. Talking about the structure and the process of like your finance teams. So your admin, your power planner, and your financial advisor as well. Yeah, definitely. Let's rave about working in financial services. Yeah, like what you can expect, the day-to-day life in a finance team. So, yeah, we'll see you then. It's been fun. Bye. Bye. See you next week. All views expressed in this podcast are our own and not our employers. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. Investments can go down as well as up and you might not get back the amount you put in, especially if you take your money out too early. Investments may be subject to tax. The impact of taxation and any tax reliefs depends on your circumstances.